0: As many of you know, we've been working on a book for the last two years. It is finally done. We hope you enjoy it. Go to www.uncommonwealth.com and click on resources, and underneath the resources tab, it'll be a book where you can buy your own. We hope you enjoy it, and hope it helps you get down your uncommon path yourself. Thanks. Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us, and for most, It's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project, where I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for tuning in. We are glad you're here. This is a duocast, and Brian and I are going to talk about something we've been working on for a long time now. It feels like a decade. It really has. It is the book that we wrote, The Uncommon Wealth, You're Your Best Asset, Invest in Yourself. If that doesn't tell you what we do, I don't know what else would. We're financial advisors that think you are your best asset, and we are here to prove it to you and show you that your unique gifts, passions, and experiences can help you build wealth and impact others. Amen. Oh, can't wait to talk about this. I feel like we've been talking about this, you and I, for a long time. The book? Yeah, the book. You've always wanted to write a book. In fact, we've tried it one time, (laughs) and no joke, Brian buys a dictation service. He, he's like, Hey, I want to write a book. And then the next day he's like, Hey, I wrote the book. And uh, it wasn't the next day. It was maybe five days later. It was like a month later. Okay. And he's like, I'm done with the book. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Let me, let me see it. So like, I'll email it to you. He emailed me the dictation of the whole thing as he was driving. And I tried to get I to copy first... and tasted it together. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. I read the first two sentences and I'm like, we haven't written a book. <laughs> it was basically a collection of thoughts. Wow. And so we actually have written a book and we have, uh, with the help, I would just say, of a ghostwriter. Yeah, we're going to get into it. We are. Do you want to just go into it? I don't know if I want to yet. Uh, let's talk first about why did we even write the book?
1: Well, to me in my recollection of things, which can be <laughs> skewed, <laughs> Uh, I feel like as we get older, we skew our recollection of things a little bit. Not maybe knowingly, but unknowingly. The reality of what we're looking at, yeah. Uh, So we were invited to speak to a high school class uh, on personal finance a couple of times. And so that was one of the influences for me is because, you know, these doe-eyed high school kids that think they're smarter than you, you know, were trying to tell people, like, what do you do with your money? And it was just like, yeah, we need like a quick... One, two, three, one, two, three, four, four step process of what to do. And then, you know, we were talking, we, we meet a lot of people and it was like within a month, I think three or four different people are like, you should write a book, you know, totally unrelated. You know, we weren't asking for that type of advice. It was just kind of unsolicited. Hey, you should do this. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of thinking through, you know, our, our, most fun, successful clients and what the common denominators were, we flushed out kind of the philosophy uh, of what we've been doing for the last decade and uh, wrote a book about it. So that yeah. would, to me was the genesis or, you know, the inputs to the catalyst to write a book.
0: Right. And, you know, here's the deal. At the end of the day, Brian and I are not the most efficient people. Like we're just Amen. not. And so every time we meet somebody, we either try to like recreate the wheel to try to show them how they can walk down their own uncommon path that makes it easy to read for them and everybody's Different, So we seem like we always recreate the wheel and we were like, we need something to galvanize kind of like my uncle, Dave Ramsey, which is not really my uncle. I always feel like I have to caveat that. But right. uh, if you're a longtime listener, you know what I, I say that if you saw the hair, you would instantly know that, that you're <laughs> not related. That's right. So we needed something like that to help galvanize people of like how to even go down this uncommon path. And so as we started doing that, I was like, oh, this is actually getting kind of good. And we we have something that I think is cool in the philosophy of the uncommon wealth, which you are your best asset. Start investing in your passions and dreams mm-hmm. and get paid for what you're what you're excited about. Um, but then how do you get that? And then we tried to really unlock Brian's mind candidly of how he thinks about people's numbers. So that's how we started it. Um, it kind of went through. We had a ghostwriter help us, so we would try to do high level thoughts, and then well, we
1: outlined the book, yep. masterminded it, yep, and then detail outlined it, yep, and then gave it to a ghostwriter to fill in the Spaces. proverbial
0: cracks, right? And then we would get it back and be like, ah, we got to change this, that, and the other, and uh, but we get a book, and I, I'm actually really excited about it because Super let's excited. be honest. It wasn't going to be a common book.
1: Even if people think it sucks, it's like, it's a huge accomplishment. I agree. Like I agree. it's, it's really, I mean, we got two years into this thing, basically. I mean, we started right. September of 19 right. when we started writing it. So right, um, it's so, almost two full years.
0: Yeah. It's crazy to think that way, but it is.
1: And, but it's, once we got it done, we pretty much redid it to add the uncommon light or the uncommon dashboard, which is on our website. So you can inside each chapter, there's, you know, homework or a tool to kind of go through to help you, you know, flesh this out, this uncommon path and what you want in your life. And then how do you organize your resources and capital to support those things? Mm-hmm. So anyways, there's tools within the book and we put all that within our website at uncommonwealth.com. So you can go and fill that out, uh, along with reading the book.
0: Cause we just didn't want people to take the book, read the book, really resonate with the book and then
1: not have something
0: they could do. Yeah. And then move on to the next thing.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing that's really important, and I mean we're pretty open book because we we help people grow uh, not only their wealth but their businesses and and their things. So like we're trying to eat our own cooking as well, of mm-hmm. not just telling people to do this stuff, but actually do it ourselves and kind of use our ourselves as the guinea pig. And so, um, you know, we've talked to people about writing books and building kind of like a value ladder, if you will, or, a, you know, a stepping stone for people to, you know, consume your content, you know, become a client, those types of things. And so this was a big step for us to do the same thing
0: and to kind of live out our own cooking. It's a good point. I want to go back to, you said we talked to high school kids. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Cause I've talked to, I've spoken to some high school kids before that or after that. And Here's my thing. When you're in high school, you have this unbridled thought of, well, of course I'm going to get paid for what I love to do. Like, that's just what I'm going to do. Right. So I'm just gonna be really honest with you. Our philosophy doesn't really resonate for those high school kids, honestly. Cause they're like thinking about like, how do I invest for retirement? And like the next day, like, uh-uh, or later, but really they really have the right mindset of, well, I'm going to get paid for what I love to do. And like, nobody's going to stop me. Right. So when I talk to them, it's kind of like, well, that's my reality. And really what we do is we talk to, we talk to adults And we help kind of change their mindset and like you don't have to be stuck in a dead end job. Right. So it was interesting. I wanted to make that point about the high school kids because those are kind of the mindset that we want people to go back to. Right. The difference is you now have assets that you've accumulated over the years to actually help you unlock that passion and your experiences and your gifts. So... All right, let's talk about it. Well, um, one
1: other thing I was going to say, and I kind of forgot, but uh, so part of our, we use kind of the EOS methodology, mm-hmm. entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial operating system, the Traction Book, and Mark Stanley's been on the show. Um, but part of our mission, you and I, for Uncommonwealth, is to reach 25,000 people right. with this message. And so we know we can't help everybody, you know, one-on-one, kitchen table type. Uh, now, you know, a lot of is over Zoom, but... Uh, we still love meeting in person and doing events. So the book is really a, a tool for us to reach more people. Um, and it's kind of a, a stepping stone for people that, you know, maybe listen to the podcast or hear about us. Uh, it's just another, you know, tool to kind of flesh this out and then also give them the resource of the website to start documenting their own process. Right.
0: And normally when people write books, There always is an end game. What do you want the end game to be? Some people hand out their books just so they can get their, I don't want to do that. You know what? That's funny because when you think about the end game of our book, everyone kept asking, what's the end game? We're like, we just kind of want to write the book. (laughs) I don't know. That's it. So, uh, but we do know, and Brian, I'd edify that totally. We know that we can't be advisors to everybody that this message and philosophy hits but we do want to encourage and give them something to help kind of encourage them to keep going down this path.
1: Well, and I think the end game for us is the C-word community. And we've always envisioned Uncommonwealth as being an open source platform. And one of the things we talk about with the seven sources of residual income is there's so many different ways to make money. And we've got to speak to so many talented people who are making money in different ways and kind of share those insights. And you know, you look at uh, like the Bigger Pockets website for real estate, which is an open source kind of collection of the best ideas in real estate. We want this to be an open source platform eventually, and a community of people bringing the best ideas to the table. Because you know, things change, uh, businesses ebb and flow, and then some things just stay the same. You know, wisdom is wisdom, truth is truth. Um, But yeah, we want it to be a collection of people that are bringing uh, the uncommon wealth to the next level, not just you and I.
0: Right. So something that I think that was interesting to talk about when we're helping people is we normally don't bring these investment ideas to people. It's usually we help you try to unlock what you're excited about, what your passions are, what your gifts are, and what your past experiences are, and then try to put those all together for your specific uncommon path. Uh, And so in that, we sometimes have to leverage the other people in the community that help that. And uh, we've kind of vetted those. And so uh, that's fun for us, too, to try to just meet those, you know, make Mm -hmm. those introductions and such. So uh, we're not saying we have all the answers. We're saying that we're actually pretty good at making a plan for you to be able to step into a reality that you want to make in the future. Mm -hmm. So, okay. so I want to say high level. Let's kind of break down the book. The yeah, first the first part is more of a philosophy. Right. Maybe why, even if you've just randomly picked this book up at Barnes and Noble's, because I think you can. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. You can like order it there, but it won't <laughs> be on the shelf, I think. It's gonna be in Des Moines. Doggone it. If I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna try to make gonna, it, Yeah, figure that out. Uh but so let's say you pick this up, just reading it out, like you have to have a mindset shift. There has to be a mindset shift that hey, maybe the way that my parents built wealth, or maybe the generations before me built wealth. Like, what's the right way to build wealth? And for us, we not only kind of give a pitch to this philosophy, obviously, but we also give a couple instances of the problem why this philosophy is so important right now. Um, Could you remember any of those like reasons why? Right.
1: Well, obviously, you know, our parents' generation. uh, it's the three-legged stool of retirement. You know, you have a pension from the company you work for, you have social security from the government, and then you have, you know, your own personal savings or investments. You know, right now, I think in the country, social security for the average American is about 50% of their monthly income. Wow. Um, but when we look forward to the next generation, you know, most pensions are gone. You know, I'm sure there's still great pensions out there. Um, but for a large part portion of the you know, United States pensions are no longer a part of the equation, and with inflation, you know, and the amount of money that's been printed in the last couple of years, uh, inflation and the devaluation of the dollar, or trying to say it in a more understandable way, like you know, groceries at the store being more expensive, um, you know, the the portion of Social Security as an overall percentage of your income isn't going to be fifty percent. You know, it might be thirty. 25, 20%. And so if you don't have a pension and social security is cut in half as a portion of what you need to survive, you know, more of that onus is going on to the individual to support themselves into perpetuity or, you know, to the end stages of their life.
0: Another way to say this is if you talk to a younger person, let's say a 40, 30 year old, They're going to say, don't even plan on Social Security. Right. (laughs) So you have to be thinking differently. And as Brian and I get to meet with lots of people, it's been fun to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'd be fun to interact with these things and kind of higher trends. What I've found is my grandparents were a lot more entrepreneurial than my parents. And so it seems like it's starting to swing back to people are starting to understand, like, if I'm going to really love my life tomorrow, I have to create something on my own Mm -hmm. (laughs) because me working for somebody else at Wells Fargo or wherever, gotta love you. Wells Fargo. You're always (laughs) my example. I'm sorry. But anyway, you, you have to start thinking differently. And so that's a really good way. And it really complements this uncommon philosophy Mm -hmm. of, Hey, create something on your own and uh, you'll love your life every day. So now not saying it's going to be easy, but it is, it is. It most certainly won't be easy. Right. But it will be something that you'll learn from and you'll get a wake up fulfilling and impacting others. It's pretty, it's pretty neat. And I love this thing. If you give me a lot of money and I put it in the market and let's say something happens, the market goes away, falls down, uh, and the money goes to zero. What did you really learn? Well, you haven't really learned a lot, except not to put your money with Philip and Brian, um, But if you use that money and you try to create something, and let's say that thing goes to zero, what did you learn? A ton. Mm -hmm. And so for me, just the learning aspect of it, that's just the way I'm wired. Some people aren't, but, uh, anyway, so we do all the traditional stuff, but we also like try to help people create that. And so that's the first kind of part of the book is the philosophy, the problem, and then the philosophy,
1: the high level answer.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And then that's followed up with the mindset, because like you said, you know, when you start something, um, you know, it takes the right mindset to keep going. And, you know, we kind of talk about when you're a kid, you have a coach, but when you get out of college, you kind of don't have a coach. And mm-hmm. so being mentored or being coached is so important and, and renewing your mindset. Even the Bible talks about that. Renewing your mindset as a business owner, or entrepreneur, if you're going to go down this path is you got to surround yourself with people that are like-minded and have been through it because it is going to be challenging. And so you have to rewire your mind a little bit to go down this path because it's countercultural. Really, And so a lot of the inputs and different things you're going to be hearing or seeing are going to be saying like, you're crazy. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest questions we get. Though Someone will share like, well, this is what I've been thinking. Am I crazy? And it's like, no, you're not crazy. You're just probably not surrounded by people that have the appetite for that type of risk or Maybe can't see the vision that you have because they're not able to step into that mentally. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're not crazy, but you know, you are different than other people and some people just can't handle that.
0: So, so then we go into the phases of how we help people step into the uncommon wealth path or Mm -hmm. uncommon philosophy. And phase one is you have to know your budget. You have to know your numbers And if you don't know your numbers, I love this one because there's some people who just don't want to know their numbers. Right. And I would say those people aren't ready for the uncommon path. So it's a very low barrier to entry, but also one that is a very good test test. Exactly. To see if they're going to weed themselves out. Um, And so the first one is just like, how much money do you need a month? And you can go into super detail of this. You don't have to.
1: Right. uh, But. I know when we do a call or a meeting with a client and, they're, and we're like, well, what, what's your monthly budget? And they're like, well, let me just pull up my spreadsheet. We got that. Like, you know, they're ready to go because they've done the work and it is, it does take work
0: to know what you're spending a month. Right. And I'll edify my homie, Dave Ramsey, because he does a good job with that. Here's how to do it. This is why you do it. Um, and so kudos. Uh, phase, phase two is honestly a lot like my uncle. Uh, but it is to create a capital fund. Yeah. We say a capital fund. I hate the fund. word
1: emergency fund personally. Not doing that. It's like a poverty mindset thing and I hate it. It's like let's just ask things to go wrong in our life. And you know, we're we're we have kids, a mortgage house, we run a business. Stuff's gonna go wrong for sure. But right. like I just yeah, we want to put capital together because we want to build things and we wanna move forward.
0: Right. And sometimes those plans have Change. a wrench. Yeah. A yeah. wrench gets thrown into it. So the number one killer of all businesses is not sitting on enough cash. Yeah. Lack of capital. Right. So we really think capital, uh, the capital fund is a huge deal. And for depending on your risk tolerance, it should be bigger or smaller, depending on what you want to do. If you want to have very little margin, uh, maybe $15 in your capital fund. (laughs) If you want a very large margin, maybe 12 months. Mm -hmm. Uh, So whatever you feel comfortable with, but whatever that monthly expense is to have that and try to figure out how much in your capital fund you need. Uh, And then phase three, phase Phase three three is now the investing phase of you've done the first thing, you know how much you need, you have a capital fund. Now you move into the investing phase. And this to me is what's fun to be able to step alongside people with is because we don't we're agnostic on the investment what do you right. want to do you want
1: to we're uh, speaking about investing globally not like stocks and bonds specifically like right could be any type of investment good clarification. real estate business
0: yep whatever it is so you've heard us all talk about the seven sources of residual income that's kind of how we broke those out right um, in those and kind of detailed each one of those for people to kind of like just read about it and see which one resonates with you. We don't care. Um, and I haven't, there hadn't been a lot of people who've invested outside of that, but, um, yeah, hopefully that falls into that and it gets your juices flowing and you get excited about something. And, and maybe that Jumanji drum beat that we talk about a lot, uh, beats harder and you can figure out what you want to invest in. Here's, so that's phase three the investment phase and your goal to get out of phase three is start creating enough income to cover your monthly expenses that you just figured out in phase one, right? When you know that you move into, what we call financial freedom, um, phase four, or I'd say phase 3.2, <laughs> 3.1. Uh, and in that, then like you, you're starting to cover your base need and you're learning more about yourself, but we know that we've done phase three, right? When you get to phase four the first time, you're like, I can do it better. I, can, I, I like this part, but I sure didn't like that part. So you go back into phase three and then you tweak it. Just keep refining. You keep refining. Um, and you do that a couple times, right? You do a refining. Oh, it works. Oh, my goodness. Now I don't have to do that one project I hated. Uh, you hire somebody. Uh, whatever it is, you make it more efficient. You buy software, whatever it could be. But usually it does take some investment back into the business in order for us to get more return out of the business. Right. We love it. Um, so to me, that's a fun deal to see people wanting to go back into the, the phase three, because we know that they're not really doing it for the money per se. They're doing it because they like to do it. Mm-hmm. And every day they get to go do that. And now it's a different switch in the mind because they're not necessarily worried about how they're going to pay the bills the next day. So you do that a couple of times. And, uh, by a couple yeah. times, I mean like, Hey, you've, tweak things you you're perfecting the system right and you're getting more and more out of it Uh, but eventually you do get to this like financial freedom date or financial freedoms place Uh, let's just call it place yeah and and that's what we would say the people that we really like to work with are the people who are like i need to go help somebody else with these four phases like Not only did it work for me, I need to now go invest in somebody else, pour into somebody else because there's just Mm -hmm. not a lot of people out there that are helping entrepreneurial people win. Mm -hmm. And so those people can walk beside somebody else and show them the four phases for them. Those are so, I mean, and we have some of those people right now doing that and it's super fulfilling for sure. What else do we want to talk about?
1: Uh, Well, in the book, in each, I don't think in the first couple chapters, but most of the chapters, there's a case study. So we highlight um, an actual case study or uh, family that kind of embodies that chapter of the book, um, trying to show different ways of how actual real people have made money, um, you know, more so independently and uncommonly. And then within each chapter, too, there's kind of like homework or an action item that you can take. To help organize, you know, your thoughts and ideas, dreams, passions, along with your resources, your capital, you know, where all your different um, accounts or, uh, you know, how much equity in your house kind of walks you through how to organize uh, your numbers, kind of like you said earlier, based on the way we kind of think about them and how we uh, organize people's, you know, stuff to, to show them a plan. And then that is you know, on our website at uncommonwealth.com under resources, um, the uncommon dashboard or uncommonwealth dashboard, um, is kind of where you can input those things and it will send you, you know, our website will send you a PDF version of your one page dashboard. So, uh, and we have a podcast on that if you want to listen to that specifically, but that's kind of how the book is set up. Um,
0: how does so. it get, how do they get the book?
1: They get the book by going to our website, uh, www.uncommonwealth.com. And under you know books or whatever, there's it's going to be on our website. You can find them by the book. It is also uh, on Amazon, and you can also get it on Kindle as well. And um, it's in the trade, as our publisher calls it. Mm. Uh, so if you went to a Barnes & Noble or a Borders or BAM Uh, You could also order it there. So
0: Nice. Okay, so that's basically it. And like I would say, you don't have to buy the book to do the Uncommon Wealth Dashboard. You can just go to our website right now and do that. Right. Uh, Honestly, we hope that that helps you. And we hope that that really galvanizes your thoughts and you and your spouse to get on the same page to move forward. But yeah, I would just encourage you to do something. Reach out to us. Like, let's just have a 15-minute call. See if uh, we can help you un- block yourself from any kind of obstacles in your way and talk through those, uh, email us. We'd love to hear from you as well. Here's my last question. After writing our first book, would you write another one? And what would it be about? <laughs> uh, I certainly
1: do want to write several other books. Um, several, I love it. I, you know, a couple of them are more personal. One is like a kid's book. Uh, I've actually, Outlined a book on pitching, uh, baseball, softball, pitching. Uh, I'm talking more uncommon words, man. But I'm just saying, (laughs) uh, I think for you and I and what we've discussed, I like the idea of, you know, I think what Dave Ramsey has done of wiring personal finance into the church is interesting. Obviously, we don't agree with a lot of what he says. And I think from the stuff that we're reading and some other books and influences in our life, um, showing people, showing Christians, showing how to churches to partner with businesses, because ultimately, you know, money is a tool and businesses help generate money, uh, because, you know, we're involved in commerce, we're creating goods and services, we're creating value. And so how do we do that and fund, you know, the next generation? How do we invest in people and causes and things uh to lift people up and, you know, share the glory of God. And so I think for me it's it's pursuing that relationship, um, you know, of what we're kind of trying to create with Uncommonwealth. And then obviously, you know, how does that coexist or flourish within a church setting?
0: Hmm, so nice. Okay. Well, you've been listening what to about the, you. You know, I you know, I don't know. I I would say that the first book was really good just to be able to we've got a lot of ideas and just to put them on one piece of paper and have them stay on that piece of paper. That's <laughs> very encouraging to me. Uh, so yeah, that, that one always kind of appeals to me a little bit as I think that there's a better way to build wealth than just put it into a 401k, obviously. Uh, so that one's, that's appealing to me for sure. We'll have to just see how this book resonates with like the listeners. Right. And, and then after that, I think I can give you a good decision, but got it. right now I don't know if I can.
1: Do we have any promotion for the people listening to this podcast that want to buy the book? Mm, yes, we do. Okay. What is that? So if you input the code, Uncommon Wealth, into the website, if you go to our website, you know, we have our own website to sell the book. So this does not work on Amazon. So hear that. Uh, this is what's just on our own website. But uh, if you type in the term Uncommon, Uncommon life,"
0: Wealth, Let's do an Uncommon Life project. Okay, That's the podcast. That's why you did it. Let's do the Uncommon Life Project. All one word, all capitalized. Okay. Uncommon Uncommon Life Life Project. Project. All one word, capitalized. What do they get? 20% off. Oh, wow. Of the book. Holy cow. Getting crazy. Yeah. We're getting crazy. (laughs) Watch it by the book. Yeah. By the book. uh, Definitely. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being a part of this journey with us. Obviously it is a, uh, project of ours that we enjoy, we're passionate about, and uh, we really do feel like you are your best asset. We're excited to unlock that for you. So you've been listening to the Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Till next time, go be uncommon. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit uncommonwealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.